What's up, everybody? Today's episode, it was, I'm going to be honest, it was kind of weak, but like, there's nothing really going on. There was a, the UFC card, nothing really going on. That's in one, I heard it was a war. I didn't see it, but I heard it was a war. I didn't watch it. And then Bellator 300, I mean, Bellator, well, not really Bellator, Paramount, Haskell. Confirmed that Bellator 301 will be the final event on Showtime. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram. Sean underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys, later. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody is well. Well, I got some bad news to start this show off with today, man. And the bad news is Bellator's final event will happen in November. But that leaves me with many questions. So before we get into that, I'm going to get into the fights that I honestly did not watch. I'm sitting here today telling you I did not watch Edson Barbosa versus Sadiq Yusek. Because, like, it just felt like a card for UFC to meet its quota, you know? So, I don't know what the future holds for those guys, you know? I heard it was a good fight, but I was doing some other things. And then we'll talk about Misfits Boxing. And then on Friday show, of course, we're going to look into the card (laughs) of UFC 294. We're going to look at the whole card. Um, I already did a video for the co-main and main events on my YouTube channel. I'm just working on getting that video out to you guys. But let's talk about Misfits Boxing first off. First of all, Dylan Dennis. I try not to be really mean on this, but I'm going to be straight up with you guys. That guy is next level delusional. Okay. He is next level delusional. Now ask me why. Adrian, why do you say that? Because that guy swears he's going to get into the UFC based off of his promotional skills. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Did I like the... (coughs) Did I like the tactics (coughs) Dylan took? No. I hated them. And I told everybody that was in my inner circle, I hope Jake Paul wins. But then I also didn't like when Jake Paul said, oh, you either take the ass whooping from me and get sued or just get sued. And have to settle and lose all your money. Like, you're basically bankrupting Dylan before the fight. Did Dylan take it too far? Absolutely. But I don't think Logan should have took that approach either. And, like, he started to defend himself. Like, this isn't even my lawsuit. It's Nina's lawsuit. But you have a saying that I would imagine. Be like, no, dude, I'm going to embarrass this kid. You know? So the Misfits boxing atrocious that that needs to stop now, in my opinion. The influencer boxing that needs to go away. I can't believe a sport that I grew up watching as a kid with my grandfather, where he would watch the greats like Muhammad Ali, Cesar Chavez Sr., uh, Oscar De La Hoya, Felix Trinidad, Winky Wright, <coughs> 
has turned into this thing that YouTubers do for fun. Like, what? And the crazy part is these guys are making money, man. They're making money that Tommy Fury wants to stay on this side of boxing rather than fight a professional boxer. That's the crazy part to me, man. So I'm not even going to go over the UFC fights. This might be a, a short one because I didn't watch them. I did see the Adrian Yanis fight. My, or Yanis. Yanis. How is it that he says it? Yanis? It's not Yanis. It's Yanis. Um, my heart goes out to him. That was a brutal way to lose the fight by leg kicks. Now, supposedly, the rumor mill is that Misfits Boxing did about 1.3 million buys. I don't buy that whatsoever. Let's go look it up. I don't buy it. I do not buy it because that just seems like a far-fetched lie. Let's see. Look at this. Look at what this says. Frank Warren slams the standard of KSI and Tommy Fury's boxing match. As promote, promoter calls Misfits Boxing event poor-ass piss in scathing review. Frank Warren slams poor-ass piss standard of KSI Tommy Fury's crossover boxing match. Fury went full, the full six rounds with the YouTube star at the AO Arena, finishing narrowly ahead 57-56 to 56 on two judges' scorecards. With the third an erroneous 57-57 draw. It was about that drew criticism from fans online, with many supporters disagreeing with the judges scoring on the night. I didn't see that fight, but a lot of people thought KSI won. Now, Queensberry promotion chief Warren has offered his thoughts on the bout, which he labeled poor ass pit and skating review, which I just read to you guys. The standard of some of them were poor as piss, Warren explained to IFL TV. But if they can make money out of it, good luck to them. <coughs> when I was young, my hero Muhammad Ali. When I was young, my hero was Muhammad Ali. These kids, their hero are KSI. I don't get it. Fury's victory against KSI was initially ruled a majority decision victory before being corrected as a unanimous decision victory as one of the judges' scorecards was added up incorrectly. I don't get it. No, I do get it because it's a different world. Of course, Logan and KSI tapped into something crazy with this YouTube boxing. But, dude, enough is enough. How can these guys be doing better numbers than pro boxers? That's to a sport that these guys <clears throat> have dedicated their lives to. And then a group of people, just because they thought it would be fun, Go and try to take over, which kind of they are because they're doing better numbers than actual boxers. <coughs> All right, I'm going to read these numbers, but take it with a grain of salt because I don't know how truthful this is. The KSI versus Tommy Fury showdown alongside the Logan Paul versus Dylan Delage grudge match, the community known as the Prime Card, has reportedly matched a pay per view by record despite the controversy surrounding the event. The Prime Card showcased not just much not just the much anticipated belt between KSI and Tommy Fury, but also featured Logan Paul taking on MMA star Dylan Dennis in the co headline belt. Okay, I have a problem with this. Dan Dennis is not an MMA star. He's better known for being a troll on Twitter than he is for being an MMA fighter. 
He's better known than being Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach than being an MMA fighter. Despite the criticism from some viewers about the quality of the boxing on display, with some describing the main and co-main events as less than stellar, the numbers don't lie. Of course not, because you're buying it in anticipation to what all these guys said. You know, it turns out the prime card was a, a massive success, at least from business perspective. According to reports, Mrs. Pay-Per-View sold approximately 1.3 million buys and matches that matches the previous influencer boxing record from 2018 between KSI and Logan Paul. But this time, the figure is even more impressive when considering that the zone pay-per-view was priced at 54.99 in the U.S. and 20 euros in the UK. The revenue from the pay-per-view sale alone, not including ticket sales, advertising deals, and merchandise, is estimated to be in the neighborhood of 32 million. Not only did Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis finish with a security guard storming the ring after Dennis failed to take down and guillotine choke his rival, but the main event had many fans claiming it was rigged. <sighs> Again, I didn't pay much attention to fighting at all this weekend. But I wanted to come on here to tell you guys, this needs to stop. Please make it stop. I got into this because I want to see professionals fight. You don't see me because I feel like playing basketball, trying to go play a game in the NBA or try to start my own basketball league. You know, like even that supposedly Connor wants to fight KSI. Why? <laughs> go find Mike Chandler. Go fight. Justin Gaethje, you're in the UFC. You have two fights left. At least finish that. He has to do that. <coughs> I'll go. I'm going to be honest with you guys. That guy has enough money to probably buy out his contract. Look. Listen. I heard what's next for all fighters. Mom, Conor McGregor is called for an exciting clash with KSI. Dylan Dad has been offered a $100,000 job from OnlyFans. Rival from an OnlyFans rival. And Logan Paul has his eyes set on Rey Mysterio's WWE Championship US title. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, let's get into the news that kind of bums me out. All right, this is coming from MMA Junkie. I mean, not MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting. Sorry. Let me go find the whole article because apparently I can get it there. Okay, so hold on. Because I found some other interesting stories, but. I can't find it. These guys lied to me. It might not be up yet. Okay. So Bellator, let, let me just Google it and see if I can find it like that. So Prime needs to be done. Please. The 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 YouTube boxing needs to be over with. Like, it's annoying. So time to stop promoting boxing MMA, leaving Bellator's future in further uncertainty. Showtime will soon be done with combat sports and an internal memo issued Tuesday. Showtime president and CEO Scott McCarthy, Chris McCarthy, where did I get the name Scott from, Adrian, informed employees that the network will end boxing and MMA content at the end of 2023 in an effort to dedicate a larger percentage of its resources towards premium scripted series that drive subscribers. Now, for those that don't know, Bellator is merging with Paramount Plus and 
Paramount Plus sees its money going to like drama shows and sitcoms and stuff like that. Bellator was not explicitly mentioned in the memo. A person close to the situation told MMA Junkie on Tuesday they believe a sale will, will occur in the near future, which has been rumored for months. Both times announcement to its employees was first reported by Yahoo Sports. Scott Coker, president of Bellator, confirmed that business discussions between promotions and rival PFL were ongoing, but he's largely remained mum on further updates since then. He spoke that length after Bellator 300, but didn't offer much. PFL founder Don Davis and president Ray Seppel have teased a potential absorption, although they too have offered any details. Okay, here's the memo. I don't know if I want to read the whole memo, but as we continue to dedicate a larger percentage of our resources towards premium scripted series that drive subscribers for us both in pay TV and SVOD, I don't know what that means. Showtime will now be moving forward, will not be moving forward with boxing or other contents produced by Showtime Sports and the event programming team. The company's decision isn't a reflection of the work that the team of the work and the team and our partners have done. But the reality of the world evolving around our shifting content priorities. For nearly 40 years, Steven Espinoza and his team have created and delivered premium storytelling, thoughtful analysis, and outstanding live productions, including the biggest combat sports events in history. We are deeply grateful. Stephen and the entire team, whose collective contribution have helped establish Showtime as a premium brand it is today, as the premium brand it is today. Under Stephen's leadership, we have done a terrific job establishing Showtime as the number one destination for boxing around the world, televising nearly 750 live boxing events and 2,000 bouts. Boxing and Showtime have often been synonymous. And we are grateful for their hard work and dedication. While I've only had a few months to get to know and work with Steven, can you say he's one of the most creative, strategic thinkers who deeply cares about his team, the brand, and the sport, and his champions? I am very thankful to him and the entire group as they, I don't know if they said, that says dutifully, but I think it says doubt, oh, dutifully, dutifully helped. Us navigate this difficult transition. Steven and his team will be here through December to oversee the remaining events on the 2023 Boxing Slate as we honor all our obligations to the end of the year. Please join us in thanking them. Damn, so Steven Espinosa's out. That's uh. Questions have arisen about the scheduled Bellator 301 event on November 17th in Chicago, but there are has been increasing confidence that the event will go on as planned. The card is headlined by welterweight champion Yagoslav Amosov versus Jason Jackson and bantamweight champion Sergio Perez versus interim title holder Patchy Minks. Okay, so this is it. Because if nobody buys it, I bet you the UFC is going to jump in at the last second and get all the fighters they want. I mean, because I don't see PFL going anywhere with this format. 
Even though they just made a deal with Saudi Arabia and USADA. That's another thing. We're going to talk about USADA too. But I don't know, man. I don't know. This makes me wonder where Johnny Eblen would go, where Yadim, Vadim Nankov would go, where Sergio and Anthony, I mean, Patchy would go. I'm pretty sure Patchy would try to go to the UFC because that's where Tatiana Suarez fights. And I know there are a couple, so we shall see, man. But then the other thing it leaves me to question is, is there not going to be a final? Or do the new management does the new management do one last Bellator event that has the final on it and Chris Cyborg versus Leo McCourt and that's it, you know? I don't know. We shall see. I mean, where would they each of them go? Like, let's think about this. First of all, Chris Cyborg should go to PFL because that leaves two questions. If you, I mean, you could do her and Liam McCord as part of their first fights. You could do them in a showcase fight and then just have, like, people will know, like, Chris could promote it as this is me defending my Bellator belt and then have them showcase it, have her fight once, have Kayla Harrison fight at least one other chick at Featherweight. Make sure she makes the wake up while she could actually fight and then they'll book it. And then if Chris wins, they'll make a million dollars. I mean, not if she wins, she'll go into the tournament and then have to run through people, you know. So we shall see, man. We shall see. And then what are we going to do about the finals for the Grand Prix? Does that just not happen? Are we just not worried about the Grand Prix anymore? I mean, if that's the case, it's okay. I just need to know. We're not worried about that no more. I'm not going to worry about it, you know? Like, what what are we going to do here? Are we going to worry about it? Because if we don't worry about it, Usman, go to PFL for a few years, wait for Islam to move up to welterweight, and then go into the UFC. Look, he's 25 right now. If he goes into the UFC at 28, he still has, like, six years of dominance left, I believe. Maybe even 10, you know? But they take Ramadan off and all that stuff. So I would say do like a two-season deal with the PFL. Although Jake Paul backing them is a good thing because he'll bring in money, you know. But now now my question is what happens to the Grand Prix? Do we just forget about it? I mean, if you want me to forget about it, I'll forget about it. All right? That's cool with me. Okay? And then the Nevada State Athletic Commission... The California State Athletic Commission, Nevada, released a video of them reviewing the fights and like Andy Foster, the head guy, asking them, well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? We need more of that. We also need to allow the judges to be interviewed by the media or at least the judge to explain their their reasoning. Again, going back to the Valentina Shevchenko fight with Alexa Grasso. If you don't want everybody doing it, have a designated person do it. Have Brett Okamoto do it since they're partnered with ESPN. And he's the ESPN reporter. Have them do it. Have him do it. Because something needs to happen, bro. Like, this needs to happen. Like, we can't, this can't keep happening where judges just get to, like, put a scorecard that they want. And it doesn't, they don't have to explain themselves, you know. That's not right. 
that is not right. Okay, one last thing, because I said like we weren't gonna go over. The, we'll go over the results, and I'll look at the rankings for you guys. Let's do that right now. Edson Barbosa defeated Sadiq Yusef. Viviana Rojo defeated Jennifer Maya. Jonathan Martinez defeated Adrian Yanis. Michelle Pajeda defeated Andre Petrovsky. Now, let's look at the rankings because Edson, how, ma- how many fights has he won? He's on a two-fight win streak. So, let me look at the rankings. Now, if Edson's not even in the rankings, and I'm sorry to say this to Edson about Edson and Sadiq Youssef, but it just shows you the card wasn't that great. Okay, so Edson was 13 going into the fight. Sadiq Youssef was 11. So, now Sadiq Youssef is 12. Edson is 11. Have Giga Chikaze and Edson fought? I don't think they have. They have fought. Giga beat them. Well, because just above Edson is Bryce Mitchell, then you have Mozart Imavov, and then you have Giga Chikaze, you have Calvin Cater, then you have Josh Emmett, you have Elliot Taporia. Arnold Allen, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, and Max Holloway. Now, I don't know if I said this, but there is an offer on the table for, in fact, if Alex Volkanovsky gets to her that he can't make the January date against Ilya Teporia, that they will do Max Holloway versus Brian, I mean, I was going to say Brian Ortega, versus Ilya Teporia, okay? That is insane. Because if Max wins, he'll get to fight Volk for a fourth time after losing him Three times. That is nuts. Although I will always consider it two. Because like the first one I can't really argue. The second one I can argue. The third one Volk smashed him. But if Volk makes the day. Like imagine he beats Islam. And then he can make the January day. And beats Ilya. Like this guy is on the path to carve a legacy like GSP. Who many consider the GOAT. You know. And of course on, on the next episode we will talk about. The fights, like I said in the beginning, I've already recorded a YouTube video about it. And we'll just have that out for you guys before the end of the week. I'm shooting for Thursday for the video. We shall see. But yeah, man. But I want to go back to 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 this. Like, where do you guys want these Bellator people to go? That's what I want to know. Where do you want them to go? Because if it were up to me, they would all go... Like, honestly, for me, the PFL isn't the best option because of the PFL formatting, bro. Like, they can only put on so many events a year because it's the season. How are you going to absorb so much talent and only use a certain percentage of them, you know? Because I don't think they're going to absorb all of it. They'll absorb, like, the stars like AJ McKee and also I can see AJ in the PFL. And I can see Fedor's guys in one championship, if not in the U.S. I don't know if any of them will go to the UFC. Because like guys like Johnny Eblen, they deserve to be in the UFC. But this is my opinion, guys. I'm not saying like this is hardcore pack. You know, like they deserve to be in the UFC. So we'll see what happens. I would like to see Johnny in the in the UFC because I want to see him test himself against um someone like an Israel Adesanya. Have I spoke about Israel and his statement? I think I have because I remember saying that now I get what I want. Now I, now I get to see Drickers versus Israel. 
that fights too. Yes, I have. I would like to see him test himself against a Hamza, um, against at this point Kamar Usman, but it's a wait and see type of deal, man. Like we can't tell him, oh, this is gonna happen. Like we have to wait and see. What's for sure, November seventeenth will be Bellator's final day under Showtime. So what I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna go cancel it and watch the final day of Showtime. I'm not gonna expand it to the Paramount one because, like that dude, that's it. Like if Showtime's not showing Bellator, I don't feel like I need to have it. That's my opinion. Yo, I was looking at a pizza right now, and it literally had hot Cheetos on it, but it's, it was tomatoes. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, punch them out official on Instagram, official underscore PATM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.